This is Corolla Digital. Hello, my little mini muffins. It's me, Allison. Um, welcome to the show with Harlan Williams. I think you will love it. That makes it sound like I now host a show that always features Harlan Williams that's called The Show. But no, I'm just saying welcome to Allison Rosen's new best friend. The guest on the show you're about to hear is Harlan Williams and a reminder about the new format change, which is guest on Monday and then on Thursday it is Gary and me and you guys via Twitter and the phone and um, brainwaves. We're not really reading your brainwaves, so uh, if you took that to heart, don't be creeped out. I have no idea what you're thinking, except I hope it's good thoughts, and I love you. And also, I want to tell you guys about my good friends over at GoToMeeting. Gary and I use this. We love this. This is a way to get everything done that you would get done at the office to collaborate with your coworkers without actually having to be in the same place. So let's say you're at the coffee house, you're in a hammock, you're flying a kite in a jacuzzi, just in, in any state of undress from the waist down where you don't want to have to hop in your car or a jet. Who knows how you travel around? You don't want to have to be conveyed to the office. You can just have your image and your voice and your all of your good work efforts conveyed by meeting on GoToMeeting. You can see each other in crystal clear HD. You can hear each other. You can do this on your laptop. You can meet. You can host a meeting even on your iPad. You can uh, you can listen with your iPhone and collaborate. And the thing is, you can collaborate on documents. You can give each other control of your screen. It is amazing what you can get done when a lot of minds are all working on the same problem, which you can do super conveniently and effectively with GoToMeeting. Try GoToMeeting free for 30 days. Don't wait for the special offer. Visit GoToMeeting.com. Click on the Try It Free button and use the promo code Allison. Remember, use the promo code Allison. All right, you guys, here's Harlan Williams. I think you will love this episode. I love you. Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. It's me, Allison Rosen, and I'm here with Harlan Williams, Canadian superstar, guy who's wearing a fashionable leather jacket, and someone who's going to a hockey game this evening. Is that that how you're – yeah, that's your your – Oh, that's me. Yes. Yes and yes. Mm -hmm. Is that how you're normally introduced? Are you always going to a hockey game? Yes. I'm always – like even if it's three – like let's say hockey season's over and it's summer. Right. You know I'm going to go to one eventually. So you, yes, you can say I'm going to a hockey game at any point. You're perpetually, yeah, I'm going in the to a state hockey of game. viewing hockey. Hmm? Yeah. What's your favorite team? The ones that are winning. I I don't pick teams. I pick uh, I winners. Pick, well, what I do is I I'm a bandwagon guy. I I wait till the I wait till the okay. playoffs and then I pick a team. A bandwagon guy. Does that yeah. mean you're like a joiner who follows the crowd? No, because most of the crowd picks a team. Mm, right. I, right? Yes. When, when I say I'm a bandwagoner, they get mad. They go, what a lame ass. But I'm like, yeah, but I didn't spend uh, you know, 59 hours of my life sitting in front of the TV watching games that don't matter. I just came in in the last three weeks right. when, it's, when it heated up. Right. 
Right. You're like the guy the who tells his girlfriend to watch porn to get excited, and then he'll just swoop in to ejaculate. Well, no. No, we don't watch porn because we're watching hockey. So I would tell her to, you know, watch, you know, maybe let's say the Dallas Stars versus uh, the New York Rangers. I'd say that, and then I'd say, and while you're watching it, see if you can have an orgasm. That's, would that I, be possible? For her? Yeah. Yeah, because she wears goalie pads, and when we when we have sex, she wears goalie pads. Mm-hmm. And that would allow her to have an orgasm, because that well, makes no sense to me. Well, the rubbing, when the when you get going, oh. there's a lot of rubbing, and that it just, it's, I don't know, girls find it stimulating. Have you ever wore goalie pads during sex? I never have, no. What about shoulder pads? No, I haven't worn any sort of pad. You've had a helmet on. I mean, look at you. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> what? I don't you've know. A, have you what had is... a hockey helmet on with a face guard during sex? I never. I mean, there's been one in the bedroom, but I wasn't the one wearing it. Oh, he had it on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying. You know, it's just just regular vanilla, normal sex with a hockey mask. Yeah. Oh, like a goalie mask. Right. See, that's dangerous because sometimes your partner, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you're into girls or guys, so I'll just say partner. Right. You put the goalie mask on and they misinterpret the hockey for a horror movie like Slash Fest. Right. Because that guy, yeah. Jason Voorhees, right. wore a goalie mask. Mm-hmm. So you can you blur the line between hockey sex and horror sex. And so, well, either way, it's bloody. So I guess it doesn't matter. I would never want to have horror sex. Would you? With a whore? No. <laughs> Wait. A horror. I don't you enjoy said horror? horror. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said whore. No. Okay. Horror. You've had whore sex. Like, have you been with a gigolo? You've been with a man whore, obviously. I mean, look at you. <laughs> um, okay. Not okay. knowingly. However, yeah. there have been people that I've been with, and afterwards, I've thought, "Wow, he was kind of a a man whore." Which probably means what you're trying to say is he was, he was really good and bad. No, I just mean he slept with a lot of people. But, but not in not I don't even mean it in a like and he knows what he's doing way. I just Ooh. mean like he'll I guess he's he'll sleep with anything. So he slept with a lot of people and he's still horrible in bed? Like he's not uh he's not really good. You know, I don't even remember. Well what I'm was, sure his he was name? All right. What was his name? I know you don't remember, but what was his name? Frank. Yeah. But I kept I always thought it was Steve accidentally. You know, do you meet people where they have a name and you're like, but that's really not what who you are. You're someone else. Yeah. Do you know well, what I'm saying? What I'm saying is it seems like they should have a different name. Yeah, like a sex. He looked like a Steve. In bed or just in real life? Both. Through and through. 24-7 Steve. Wow. Funny when someone can look like a Steve or even a name. He felt like a Steve. Huh. Do you feel like a Harland? Yeah. You but, do. But see, it's weird because we're the only species where that's applicable. Like you couldn't go out into the wild and go, man, that rhino looks like a giraffe. I, I wish you could, but you're right. You know, it's just it's, it's weird. We're kind of unique that way in the Earth's ecosystem. Mm-hmm. We're funny, us humans. I know, but so flawed. Yeah. What's your biggest flaw? Probably um, sex. I'm too, t- <laughs> well, well 
I mean, we just talked about it, really. Okay. But what what were you going to say? I stepped on it. Oh, I was going to say I'm a perfectionist. Oh. I'm just kidding. I mean, I am, oh. but but not enough. But I guess what I mean is, you know, in job interviews where they're like, and what are your faults? And then people give those bullshit answers where they present positive things as flaws. Oh, I see. Like, like what are your flaws? Oh, I work too hard. I care too much about pleasing my boss, you know, and uh, embezzling. Wow. What's your biggest flaw? Well, I like what you said, you know, with the interview process. It's it's easy in California because mm-hmm. I've been for many, many interviews and they always come to like, what's your fault? And I always say, well, San Andreas. And they're <laughs> like, oh, and they can't, you know, yeah. debunk it because I we all live on the San Andreas fault. Right. So it's a great diversion and usually I get the job. What is the job that you're going out you know, for? Pet shop stuff, right? You know, algae mm-hmm. scraper, uh, plate lizard tectonic plate, plate person who. Yeah. I wish I knew what a good word for someone who does something with earthquakes is. You said it, tech technician. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have any sort of fear of earthquakes? Because you're not from California originally, right? You're from Canada. Yeah. No, I, I don't. I mean, I was in that big one that happened in Northridge, mm-hmm. and I always kind of say they're kind of fun. It's like it's like surfing. I think they're kind of fun, too. Yeah. I mean, they're fun when you're just in a room shaking around, and it feels like you're on a surfboard. I guess they're not fun when a grandfather clock is sticking through your spine. That's true. But if you don't get hurt, they're kind of fun. But if a bell tower falls on your family... How fun can that be, really? Not. It would not also not be fun for the grandfather clock with you sticking through it. Yeah. And I never liked my grandfather. And why he turned into a clock, I don't know. It's weird. It's like magic happened. It's like, um... It's like, why... Beauty why, the Beast. Yeah. Um, have you ever been in a house with a grandfather clock and realized how fucking annoying... Oh, no. A cuckoo clock. Yeah. Any sort of clock that has to let you know what time it is... Yeah. Hourly or or even every fifteen minutes. Super you mean annoying. like churches? Yes. You ever been in a neighborhood? Yes. Where do you ever been to Europe? Yes. There's like church bells all the time. Or I you know. go one step further, try going to like a Muslim country. I've I've actually never been to a Muslim country. They 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 have like loudspeakers on the mosques and like all day long some guy's just like like he's just mumbling stuff. I only enjoy that because it reminded me a tiny, tiny bit of Homeland. But yeah. I think actually being there would be unpleasant. Yeah. I mean, imagine you're trying to, you know, do, play Scrabble or, or uh, you know, bake an apple turnover. Or, it's both things I do. You know, you're making love to your, your lady and in the background. Some, some old guy with a beard full of like, who knows what, lemon rinds and sausages and stuff and <laughs> what's he saying why is he why does he need a loudspeaker can't at that point you want a, a bell chiming like 12 dong yeah. dong 12 and you're out 12's the most a church bell can do but a human i mean they can Endless. go a human can go th- over yeah. 30 days without food and over 5 days without water so they're getting a minimum five. Right. It's like a, a grandfather, not even a grandfather clock. Yeah, and it could even be a youngin. Why do you know how long a human can go without food and water? Well, I'm a survivalist. 
You don't live on the San Andreas Fault and not be prepared. But really. You don't know that? Now I do. Yeah, human, human. actually it can be as little as four days without water. Mm-hmm. But at four, you're in the red zone. With no water, you could die. Mm-hmm. And then, believe it or not, humans can go 30, even longer without food. It's pretty amazing. That is amazing. Well, you ever see these guys, you know, remember Mahatma Gandhi and mm-hmm. people like that who are trying to bring peace to the world? Um, they would they would not. Silly bastards. Hell. Hasn't he ever heard of Nagasaki? But um, you can you can go a long time without food. Look at do you ever see prisoners of uh, prisoners of war? You ever see uh, people from the Holocaust? I mean, these people starved, or mm. people that get lost in caves. You ever been lost in a cave? I never have. You will, um, and <laughs> uh, you know, people in the desert. It's just you can. How long have you gone? I went recently. I went about, I think, three and a half days without food or water. Why? Last year. Why? It's a weird story, but I'll tell it. Please. It's, uh, I got a noodle. Like one uh, of those. Yes. Think, I, did I tell you about this? I, I, no, I feel like somehow I heard about it, but my listeners are unfamiliar, so please tell us. Well, what those little noodles, those pasta noodles, are they called penne? The little tubular yeah, ones? Yes, penne. So I, I I got some penne and I was eating it and one of the noodles I kind of I chopped off a little chunk mm-hmm. about the you know size of a pinky like a cheerio okay and it turned like upside right side up so it was like in the exact same position as the opening in my throat mm-hmm. and it just lodged in there and it was as if you know. I had like a second throat within my throat, but mm-hmm. it was too tiny for anything to go through. Right. And it just it stayed there for a night and I thought, well, I'll wake up in the morning, it'll be gone. I couldn't I couldn't even swallow my own saliva. What did you do with it? Just spit it out? Yeah, I had to spit. Could you talk? Yeah, I could talk. I could which is weird, I could breathe fine. I could even sleep and when I slept my saliva wasn't an issue. I don't know why or how, but That's when strange, I was awake yeah. Couldn't swallow my own saliva, so therefore I couldn't swallow water. I couldn't swallow food, and I thought, ah, it'll be gone tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, all the enzymes. You in knew my that it was a noodle in your throat. Yeah, in your throat. Yeah, because I just eat. It was the only thing I'd eat, and I just took a bite. It was right. like my like the dinner. First bite. The, it was the first bite, Ugh. and the kicker was I had ordered it from a fancy restaurant. It was like a seventy-five dollar plate of pasta. And uh, the next morning, I woke up, and it was still there. What did it feel like? Felt like nothing. I couldn't tell until I tried to swallow. Like and everything was normal. I could breathe normal. I so could... it didn't feel like there was anything there until no. you tried. Weird. It was very weird. And so I thought, all right. Well, and you kn- you're like, oh, there's a piece of pasta stuck in my throat. You knew, or yeah, you just... I knew. Okay. And I was like, well, you know, you, you, you've got enzymes in your saliva. It's corrosive. It'll it'll mm-hmm. it'll slowly wear it down, break it down, it'll dissolve, and it'll just pop through. So cut to the next day I wake up, still there, and I'm like, ah, it'll go, you know, I'll be gone by tonight for sure, 7 o'clock. You weren't panicking yet? No. Okay. Because I knew. Right, because pasta isn't that thick or strong Right, and I knew I had four days without water. Right. And 30 days, and plus 
30 days, plus I have a piece of actual food stuck in my throat. So That's it's going to be instant add. feeding yeah. once right. it jars loose. So anyways, story, make a long story short, cut to like three and a half days where this thing's still there. And uh, and just before, like before I went into day four, I went to the emergency room and went, guys, there's haven't eaten or drank in like three and a half days. Were you feeling weird at this point? Not really. Huh. I lost seven pounds, wow. which was really kind of cool. Yeah. It's a new diet. I think I'm going to write a book, the Lodge Crap in Your Throat Diet. Right. I'm going to make a fortune. It was more the dehydration, the water I was worried about. You must have been pretty thirsty. You know, I wasn't that thirsty. It was weird. I think when you know your body's in peril, I think your body adjusts and your brain adjusts. Right. Maybe there was adrenaline flooding around your system. Well, you know how you'll go through the day. Like, there's nothing wrong with you right now, but you'll go around 4 or 5 o'clock. You go, man, I I need something to eat. I'm just starving. Mm -hmm. Because you know there's nothing inhibiting those cravings. Right. But when you know you can't eat or you can't do something, your body switches gears. Yeah. And my brain was not going, you're hungry, you're hungry, you're hungry, you're, you're thirsty. You're, it kind of like went on the ride with me. And I, I don't know if that's a natural chemical survival thing the human body has. I think it is. But I really was not craving food. Mm-hmm. And, and you as, weren't craving water. That's... I, I wasn't really that thirsty. Now, keep in mind, I wasn't physically active. I wasn't yeah, in the desert. Yeah, what did you do for these three days? I just kind of went about my business, did my work. You know, I, I, didn't, I didn't go. Did you, like, visit with other people? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, did you tell them what was going on? No, no one could tell. It was my, it's like, hey, this is great yeah. to see you. Guess what? I'm slowly dying right in front of you. Mm-hmm. Surprises on you if I drop dead. I was kind of, it's like pin the tail on the donkey. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was wondering, who am I going to drop dead in front of? Or right. who, this is a slow process. Who do I want to do- drop yeah, dead in front of? Yeah, because you could plan it. Well, who's someone that I want to leave with a guilt trip? Right. Like, who did you decide it would have been? Uh, God, my priest, which is really mean. He's a man of God. Yeah. Like, why? Why? I don't know. He was good. He was a good guy. Well, you tell me why. I don't know. That's that's the dark part of slowly dying with a noodle. <laughs> it's really your mind goes to dark places. So where, how did they get it out? So I go into the emergency room. I go, hey gang, haven't uh, had a sippy poo of water or a munchy crunch of food in like almost four <laughs> days, and they're like, they wheel me into. Like a the emergency room, office? a psychiatrist's office, and I got raw shock and electroshock therapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they wrapped an electric eel around my neck. No, uh, they 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 took me into uh, into uh, the emergency, like into the back room there. And uh, the guy said, "Well, show me what's going on." I said, "Well, I'm going to choke." He goes, "Take a drink of water." Okay. So here I'm drinking the water, and I'm just like puking it up for the guy. It's like his own private puke show. I don't know if he's into like German right. porn or something, yeah. but he's like, oh, I will watch him puke now. He will think it is an examination, but I will get aroused while he pukes. That's was I it? I mean, like, was it just water just coming right back out? Mm-hmm. It's weird. Like you could fan. feel it. You could feel it going up. It's as if, picture your, your throat being a glass, an empty glass, and you could feel the water rising in your throat and just sitting there. Yeah, that's so like weird. Like if I so, were to swallow a goldfish like mm-hmm. many people do, right, this one would live for a while. Yeah. It would so swim it. around, maybe lay eggs and stuff. That sounds cute. 
So anyways, so now they go, okay, we want, we want to give you a needle that, that relaxes all your muscles. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, and we want to take your blood just to make sure, every, you know, if, you know, ne- uh, noodle and throat equals blood sample, I guess, somehow. Give you a needle? Is that Canadian for give you a shot? Give me a shot, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and give me a shot. It was like some kind of muscle relaxer. Right, and right. I think they thought it would open my pipes up and yeah. plop goes the noodle. So they take the blood and I said, before you take the blood, just, you know, I'm a fainter. Oh. Like I faint. I'm embarrassed even tell I can't believe you got this out of me. What an interview. <laughs> like I am I never tell anyone. I know. This. I bet what you, you don't. how do you do this? It's I, I What are you magic. doing to me? Yeah. Just go with it. Can you put the goalie mask on? Because it must be your eyes or something. Mm-hmm. But anyways, I'm a fainter, man. How many people have you told that you you're a fainter? Not a lot. I'm ashamed. I'm over a big or guy. under thirty people. Um probably over. It's, it's not special anymore, but go yeah, ahead. Yeah. I'm afraid of I, – I don't like blood and all that either, so I'm with you. God. But I'm a big guy. I'm like I'm like over six feet. I'm, right. You know, six, play one hockey. And a half, according to Wikipedia. Yeah, or that's IMDb. right. And, um, and so uh, I said, look, dude, I might faint. So he goes, that's okay. He gives me, takes blood and then gives me a needle with this mux, muscle relaxant. And so – I'm like fine for about the first two minutes. I'm like sitting in the chair. I'm going, okay, I think I might get through this. And then all of a sudden I feel it coming. The fainting? The fainting. Mm-hmm. And here's this guy standing out at his nurse's station. It was a male nurse with a long gray hippie like ponytail. Ew. So it was like I was I was like getting like I was getting blood work done by the Almond Brothers. <laughs> it was really not appropriate. Yeah. It was like the Oak Ridge boys were touching me, mm-hmm. putting needles in me. And weren't they drug addicts? So it just yeah. wasn't fitting together real good. So all of a sudden I'm starting to fade. And all I remember is just saying to this guy, everything was starting to spin and go foggy. And I said, hey, man, I don't feel so good. And then I was out. Now, do you out. start getting tunnel vision first or what, what do you feel when before you faint? I I kind it's like it's like watching a movie fade to black. Mm-hmm. Everything just it's a slow fade. It's like you, you see the light and then it gets yeah. kind of blurry. And do you get like a hot cold kind of thing? You get hot when you wake up. You're hot, but with me, when I faint, I immediately you know the imagine your deepest state of dream. Okay. When you're sleeping, mm-hmm. like when you dream so deep, when you wake up, your head hurts. Like yes. it's like solid, solid dreaming. When I faint. I instantly go into a deep dream state. Hmm. Like, boom. It's like I'd been in a hard sleep for like seven hours. And so finally my eyes flutter open in the hospital. And you don't know where you're going to end up. You could be at an olive garden. You could be, you know, right. a kid's bookstore. Someone's reading the Bernstein Bears to you. You don't know what's coming because you're out. Mm-hmm. You can wake up with your pants on backwards. Who knows, Braces. Really. Yeah. So now, I, do you mean suspenders or on your teeth? On your face, okay. like a face brace. Right. So I wake up, and it's like I'm in a movie. It's that classic, I'm looking at the roof, mm. on the, at the ceiling, I'm in a, on a gurney, and the, the fluorescent light bulbs are flying by, and there's literally 9 to 12 heads hovering over me, going, let's get them upstairs, let's get them up. They thought I was having a major heart attack. The the, the 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 Oak Ridge boy guy forgot to tell him that I'm a fainter. Yeah. I so, question the medical expertise at wherever you went, but anyway. Cedar Sinai. Yeah. 
It right. Was, well, first of all, it was weird. Look, I've watched a lot of Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Why did they not have you lay down when you told them you were a fainter? And then they had me in a chair. It was like it right, looked like a dentist chair. Still, though, they should have you back. I know. Work. I was. I was. Yeah. I was propped up. You're right. right See, right. I know. You're. A, you don't have a medical degree, and already no. you're ahead of them. I know. All right. Next time, I need blood work. Come What's to your me. address? It's well, a, I'll find it. It's right. It's just. I'll find it. Yeah. Don't worry. Okay, so you're there wheeling you to the something, and there's people hovering over you. Then what? Then they're like, they're like, let's get them up to the heart ward, and everyone's the heart panicking. Ward. Yeah, they're okay. taking me up to where people have cardiac arrest, and right. I, and I'm still coming out of the fog, and I'm I, I'm not even talking yet. I'm like, what the hell's going on? They wheel me in. They're like, rip the shirt, cut the shirt open, cut. And I just got this really oh, cool no. T-shirt, like from this little town in Northern California, Ming's Donuts. Mm. Ming's like, Donuts is a whole town. No, it's just a little donut shop in this town. Okay, it was a cool little shirt. It said Ming's Donuts, right. and it's like I'm Canadian. You don't cut a guy's donut shirt off. No. And so I'm laying there and they're like, cut the shirt. And then I hear, get the paddles. Oh, get no. the pa-. And I'm like, finally, my motor skills kicked in. I went, guys, I choked on a noodle. I fainted. And they're like, what year is it? What's your name? What's your, where are you? And I, I luckily, I answered everything really yeah. fast. I mean, it was, a, it was tr- hard trying to hold that pen. It was a uh, multiple choice thing. <laughs> no, it wasn't. But um, – it, so it was dramatic. Right. And I was like, wow, I just experienced what people who have major heart attacks experience. And I just fainted. But they, they didn't know. Like they thought something else was happening. And it was kind of freaky. And I was the only – out of all those people, I was the only one that knew what was going Shouldn't on. Shouldn't they have known? I, I don't know. I mean, That's I'm what freaked me out. I'm thinking maybe they thought that you – maybe they had it in their head that like you had gone into anaphylactic shock from the – the shot they'd given you, mm-hmm. but then they shouldn't be using paddles on you. I'm going to no. trust that something else is going on that they knew or something. I don't, I don't think know. so because I'm a healthy guy right. and they never followed up with anything. Like they they, just, if they didn't even have you like hooked up to a heart monitor or anything. Whatever. They did. Like They put the thing on my oh. finger and then they saw that the heart was just normal. Right. And I think they kind of were like – it was one of those things where everyone just kind of stepped away slow like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, imagine, this doesn't meet my standard of care. Yeah, imagine twelve doctors whistling down a hall. You know when you, when you walk away right. from a blunder, you cover it with a whistle. Oh yeah, yeah, that's like what shuffling, snipers like, do. Doo, doo, doo. Yeah, that's if you ever see a guy whistling and there's like a corpse face down <laughs> on the sidewalk, and the, just look for the guy going. <laughs> that's the guy who shot him. Okay. Like uh, John Wilkes Booth. Right, total whistler. Yeah, uh, who was the guy that took out Kennedy? I'm totally blanking, but I know, you know the, the guy name. in the book depository, Oswald. Yeah, Oswald, yeah. Lee That's Harvey. how they got him. He was up you there. Know. He was walking down the sidewalk, <laughs> and he had a rifle over his shoulder on top of it, like right. an idiot. Right. You know, I have something to say. Yeah. You know how people are like, why do serial killers always have three names? Maybe it's because we're going from their mugshot, where their whole name is listed. Like, I don't think they really have three names. They wait a minute, because now I'm a big Michael J. Fox fan. And, That's and, just an initial, so you're fine. But like, if if I was whoa. wanted, it would be Allison Michelle Rosen. It's not she has three names. It's just you have you are seeing my entire name, which includes my middle name. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I feel like people are are, are wrong about that. Wow, you're right. What's that? Who's the guy from Pulp Fiction? The black dude. Um, Bing Rames. 
No. Oh, his character's name? No, the guy, the guy with the, the guy, uh, you know, the main guy in Pulp Fiction. Sam Jackson's character? Yeah. Samuel L. L. Jackson. Harlan, what's your middle name? Oh, boy. Here we go. Here, yeah, this is, this is where it starts. It's weird. My middle name is like two middle names. Oh, wait, I, have, I know what it is. I have is. two middle names. What are they? It's Harlan, uh-huh. Ted, uh-huh. Bundy, Williams. That is weird. Is that, I'm not a serial killer, am I? No. No. You might have one inside. Ted Bundy's. No. No. Ted's and. It's a Reeser, right? Bundy's a bit weird. Harland Reeser Williams? Yeah. How'd you know? Let us know. So go. Wow. Anyway, how did they get the noodle out? So then they they bring a doctor in. I, I go down to the thing. They go, we're going to have to knock you out and look down your throat. So mm-hmm. they put me out. They look down my throat with little things. Uh-huh. Little cameras, and, they, and then I woke up, and they said, "Yeah, there's a noodle in your throat." And they showed me a picture of it. What and it looked like? It was, it was like, it's like you ever you ever see a cross section of an artery? Yeah. They, they cut a artery in half, and a mm. normal one just looks like a tube. Right. But the ones with plaque in them, it's like that extra inner. Yeah. It's like it's like they insulated the ins. It's when you it's like when you put insulation around a pipe. Those right. foam tubes. Right. That's what it looked like. So within my throat, there was another. Another like Ugh. circular tube of finely ground pasta in mm-hmm. there, and it was just a, it was about the size of a Cheerio. Did they get it out at that point? And then so they said tomorrow morning you're going in. Tomorrow morning couldn't they just have right. gotten it out when they were in there? I guess not. They Jeez. had to they had to figure it all Jeez. out. I wish they did, but yeah. I think it's also a money thing too. Right. So the next morning they wheeled me in, put me out. The guy, the doctor said, "Yeah, we just pushed it on through." Was oh, they pushed. Simple. They didn't just pull it up. They, uh, no. where, like, how far down was it's like it? Down in here. Oh, like down, down you're that, pointing to that your little uh, V, right where, yeah, right below the, the hollow, Adam's apple, right the bottom of your neck. That little yeah. legend of Sleepy Hollow there. Right. I call it my sexy, but yeah. <laughs> um, right. Wow. So it's just sitting there. Boy, this was a long. I feel like it's I've 27 used up your twenty-seven minutes po- of pasta talk. I've used up your podcast, and I feel really no, bad it's okay. Now. I you know, if you want to shut me up, just bring out the noodle salad and. Do you, yeah, do you ever eat noodles anymore? Um, I'm really I don't eat that noodle anymore. Did I, you tell the restaurant? I mean, what would you well, tell them? Well, it's not. Hey, uh, excuse me, restaurant. Yeah, I'm a retarded eater. Can you change your menu? Because I'm I eat like a Galapagos tortoise. Mm-hmm. I mean, how are they right. culpable? I don't know. You know. I don't know, but maybe you'd call them and find out, oh, you're the sixth person who's called this week with this problem. Yeah. Could you please fire your chef? He's yeah. killing us. We thought everyone else had heart attacks Yeah, after eating it, but it turns out they just went to Cedar sinai Yeah. So how did you get here to this, this? And should a hospital really have the word cyanide in it? That That's not a good life-affirming term. Not, not at all. It's like Cedar cyanide. It's like a tree. Half of it's a tree, mm-hmm. which smells really nice. Right. And then, like, poison. I know. Cedar it's a dumb, cyanide. It's a dumb name. That's, that's a bad name. Okay, so... So you were born in Canada. Yeah. And you're related to Canadian Parliament or something? Canadian Royalty? Parliament? I feel like there's some, some highfalutin people in your midst... Oh, well. And I don't just mean bare naked ladies. My dad was a politician. Right. In in Canada, yeah. But he, that's like a big deal, right? 
Yeah, he's he, a big deal politician. He wasn't like some two-bit politician. No, he he was he was uh, he he rose to prominence. He was like the Solicitor General of Ontario, the province of Ontario. Mm-hmm. Were he, was he a, a local celebrity? Uh, my dad's probably too humble to be a celebrity, but he was obviously well known because of his position right. in the community. But my dad was a very humble humble guy. He he was one of these guys that he was also a lawyer and, and his firm was like, any car you want, John. You you get any car you want. And year after year, my dad would get like a Pinto. <laughs> and I'm not even joking. And it was a source of humiliation for me. Right. And had I had access to noodles when I was a kid, I would have... Slipped him one? No, I would have offed myself. Oh. Because, you know, imagine your dad being a man of prominence and he rolls up in a Pinto. I mean, I'm a kid. I got standards. Yeah. What did your mom think of that? She just kind of went along for the ride Literally. in the Pinto. Yeah. yeah. What was it like growing up, son of that guy? It was, um, how was it? It was, uh, you Let- kind of took a second. It's one of those, those, those careers where you almost take a back seat to that career. Mm-hmm. When you're a politician, even if you're not a prominent politician, you're you're a you're a servant to the community, and you're always on the move. You're always on the run, and so I would say, in many ways, the family took a bit of a backseat to his career. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting. And you have sisters, right? Yeah, four sisters. Four. Four. Two older, two younger. Yeah. Wow. Jeez. What was that like being one of five kids? Because I used to watch Sound of Music all the time. Like I would have oh, yeah? fucking killed someone to be a Von Trapp. Oh, really? Yeah, I had a turtle named Liesel. Was that one of the Von Trapp the, kids? The eldest daughter, yeah, Liesel. Oh, the one who was 16 going on That's 17? That's right. That's right. That's the one. You are 16 going on yeah. 17, baby. You haven't changed. Look at you. la da Yeah, so was your family like uh, the Von Trapps? You mean did we hide in German graveyards at night? Yes. Yes. No, no, really. Really, what was we weren't a singing family? No, Mm. we didn't. We didn't. Before bed, we didn't. We didn't sing cuckoo. You know, so long. Oh right. Farewell. We really must be going cuckoo. (laughs) Cuckoo. (laughs) <laughs> they had marionettes in that scene. Like, who has yeah. marionettes around the house? Well, do I you? Do. Yeah. I feel like you probably do. Well, I just told you I did. Why wouldn't I? I don't know. But, well, you know why? Because I feel like they'd be hard to store. Because really. the strings would get them. You just hang them. Do you actually have marionettes at yeah. your house? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does it take skill to make them look lifelike? Uh,. It, it, if it, it's hard on your hands, like huh. some people get tennis elbow, some people get that uh, carpal tunnel from marionettes. Yeah, well, no, marionettes have its own thing. It's called uh, marinuckle. <laughs> Here's what I'm trying to figure laugh. out. Maybe I won't talk about it. Harlan, Ted, Reeser, Bundy, Williams. Yes. See, like when I had Greg Fitzsimmons on the podcast, I was trying to assess. Wait, he was here a while ago. I gotta go. Yeah. I was trying to assess, like, 
how much of a pervert are you, Greg Fitzsimmons? You know, because he, that's like part of his vibe is that he's. Oh, is he? Is yeah, he he's pervy? total. He's kind of a total creep. Oh. Yeah, but now why? The, he just he's just into sh- weird shit, but, and make, but, but, but he, also into making people feel uncomfortable sexually. But I like him a lot, and he admits it though. So it's not like you're saying yes. this behind his back. He, yeah. He's come out and said, I'm kind of pervy. Is that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He owns oh, it. Okay. Yeah. Loves, loves feet. Ew. <laughs> For instance. He does? What? He stuck yeah, a pencil up his butt when he was young. Oh, and he, God. He, he, I didn't even have to pull that out of him, like the doctor's pulling, pushing your noodle. You wow. Know? So you yeah. didn't have to pull the pencil out of him? Or no. You, what do you mean? You didn't have to pull it out of him? I just mean he offered him. up that information. Oh, so the pencil's not there still. No. You made it sound like you said I didn't even have to pull it out of him, and I thought, oh, it's no, still there. No, yeah. I understand how you can make that mistake. Wow. That'd be but, fun I mean, to I, see him might, write a letter. Walk... <laughs> I'd love to see him I write I know. Santa I wonder how Claus. his penmanship is these days. What's his, what's his uh, letter to Santa smell like? <laughs> I've been a good boy, Santa. Ho, ho, ho. No, you haven't. And this letter smells like manure. <laughs> so what I'm trying to figure out with you... Mm-hmm. Look at you taking sips. Sorry, I'm thirsty. No, 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 no. I'm trying to make up for That's lost liquids. No, I have please. four empty days in my life from not drinking. I'm not. Uh, so, I'm not castigating oh. you for it. I'm celebrating it. Oh. I'm saying, look at you. Can I have one more? Yeah, please have as much as you want. Sipping with no problems whatsoever. Oh, so you can't believe how much I wanted to drink a coke when I had that jam in my throat. It was like, oh. Just to have a Coke again. Anyway, sorry, I digress. But, no, it's okay. You were saying I thought you weren't thirsty when you had the noodle in your throat. No, but I, I, I but had like had a, a craving oh. for Coke. I, I, I didn't couldn't give a crap if I had water or Newman's own lemonade, but someone give, force well, a Coke. I almost see, gave myself a tracheotomy just to pour a Coke down there. That I completely understand because I – you know what? Fuck water. Yeah. I will only drink water if someone gives it to me and I'm thirsty. Yeah. If I were dying, I would drink water. Yeah. Um, when else would I drink water? Pretty much if it's the only thing available and I'm really thirsty. Yeah. But in general, I'd rather drink anything else than water. I know. Water's it's, there's nothing. Lame. Yeah. It's yeah. like I'd, I wish I could breathe something else than, than air. air. Like it's so plain. I know. Like if I could breathe Hawaiian sprinkles, like the ones they put on donuts – I'd suck that crap in all day. Which ones are Hawaiian sprinkles? You know, the colored, they look like a fiesta, like yellow, those little sure. yellow just, and blue and green sprinkles. I just didn't know they were Hawaiian. Like if that was air, oh, yeah. I'd suck air in the way. You ever see those fish that have babies and suck the babies in their mouths to protect them? Mm-hmm. That's that's what it would look like. I'd, just, this- I'd breathe all day long. <laughs> just suck in those sprinkles. All right. If you could breathe any topping at a like froyo or a pink berry or anything like that, what would it be? If I could breathe it, yeah. Not and, and I know you just said sprinkles, yeah, because so. they have sprinkles at right. Pink that's berry. what made me think about it. But I'm saying so, if it had to be something else, what would you breathe? Oh man, it would probably have to be. I don't know, fruity pebbles. Really. Well, yeah, if you're going to breathe, you might as well have something that's... colorful and fun, right? But that's so mundane, so pedestrian. Well, what would you breathe? This is interesting now. I mean, I think I might go for mochi. Like coffee? Is that coffee? No, no, it's, they only have it at Pinkberry, I think. It's like little 
little squares of um, I don't know what it is. It's something. Uh, it's like um, it's some kind of. I think it's some kind of soy. It's like a sweet soy thing. It's like a square. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing though. I think mm. it would get stuck in your nostrils if you try yeah, to breathe. Yeah, I have trouble breathing in tubes. So forget yeah, a square, right? And a triangle. I'm not even going to talk about like. God, if I ever tried to eat a pumpkin eye, I'd probably die. Yeah, don't do it. Yeah. So wait, though. This was all. There was something before that. Well, Crap, you were saying, I feel like we were actually talking about something. You were saying Greg Fitzsimmons oh, is a yeah. pervert. I, okay, yeah. What I'm trying to figure out is how weird are you? How do you mean? Well, you have marionettes in your house or yeah. you don't. Yeah, I do. I told you I did. Right. I feel like that is a marker of weird. Really? Or, or super creative. Yeah, or I have incredible finger skills and I'd be a great pianist. I mean, if you can work a monkey and a yodeler at the same time with your right and left hand. Yeah. Hello. You could be a drummer. Uh-oh. Who be- else is coming on my little finger? Oh, it's Sally the Butter Churner. Hmm? Now I got three characters going, two hands. Here comes Daisy the Guernsey over the dale. Boom. I'm putting on a farm show, two hands, yeah. four characters. I might even throw a little baby on my thumb. Boom. Just gave birth to a Mara baby. Wow. Whack. You've been smacked. Turn off the TV. It's a marionette show coming down the pipe. Got a yodeler. Mm-hmm. We got a butter churner. Mm-hmm. Got a baby. Got a cow. And look out. Bang. How did the guy from Scotland get in there with his little wooden bagpipes? Thank you very much. Do you control the bagpipe separately? That's that's on a it's called an F string. It's a separate string. Wow. But people listening, people who marionette will know right away what an F string is. But I have just, a lot of marionettists yeah. say this is their favorite podcast. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. But, right. Yeah, so hence my question, like, how weird are you? But it's occurring to me that if you're truly weird, oh, this is real Catch-22. If you're truly weird, you might not think of yourself as weird. Well, if you're implying that having little wooden friends acting out in my living room is weird, then I got to turn that around and go, what planet are you from? Because I don't know where you come from, but where I come from, people have marionette shows in their house at night. Is that true? Is that the rarefied air you breathe that's full with fruity pebbles? People with marionette shows? I that actually, that'd be pretty cool if you traveled in a world where that happens frequently in the evenings. I'd say if you've never been exposed to it, don't knock it or mock it. Just come to my house and we can rock it. I'm there. With a square in the air. See, when I was a kid, there was this woman, her name was Miss Melba, and people would hire her for birthday parties, and she would come over, and she would sing songs, and she had puppets and marionettes, and she had one of those things that's like, I think they called it a shrinking machine, maybe, where um, it would have this cloth that hangs in front, and it would have um, like a character painted on the cloth, and then you put your head and your little hands through. Sure, yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. then you act out stuff like that. Um, she might have had an auto harp as well. Yeah. So you, have her, you don't have her number, do you? No. Okay. Is that what you're into? 
Well, I just you brought her up. I thought you were trying to do like matchmake? a matchmaker thing. I or? wish, yeah. So that, but that's my that's sort of the end of my experience with marionettes. Oh, okay. So a y- at a young age, you got out. I, yeah, I got out. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's never too late to come now back. Now you in. write children's books. Yes. Yeah. How many is it a series? Uh, one of them. I have one series, and then a bunch of them are just independent. You know. What are they about? They're about dinosaurs and monsters and animals and imaginary creatures. Mm-hmm. You know, think the, I, I try to get into the mindset of kids. If I'm writing for kids and I'm illustrating for kids, I should look through the prism of a kid, right? Right. I'm not going to sit there and try to deliver to a kid some literature based on my prism as an adult. So I basically de-evolve my mind. How do you get back in touch with that? Because I remember I was uh, I a long time ago I was um, applying for a job at Seventeen magazine. Oh boy! And I was actually having trouble just getting back into the mindset of a of a preteen. Cause I think that's who reads Seventeen. A and pre-teen? I felt like I think that's who reads. Yeah, I think it's because like, I read Seventeen when I was like thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. But I ended up later writing for Seventeen, and I just wrote, wrote in a non-condescending way. But I think when I applied, when I was writing the sample stuff, I felt like I was actually writing in teen speak, which was totally inauthentic. Huh. So wow. I couldn't even get back into the mindset of a 13 or 14-year-old. How do you remember what it's like to be a kid? I don't know. I just, I just, I just shift gears in my head. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know how a truck driver has 18 gears sure. on his big rig? Yeah. So I just like gear down and gear down and gear down and I go right down to the lowest gear. And it's like, oh, this is how a kid would think. Mm-hmm. This is uh, my, my brain is light. My brain is fuzzy. My brain is silly. I'm thinking like a kid. Yeah. What is the main difference, do you think? Silliness? Yeah. Kids find humor in anything. It doesn't have to be well crafted. A kid, you could take disjointed words and kids like I saw a hamburger with jellyfish eyes, <laughs> and you smiled. Mm-hmm. But kids, I'm just being polite. Yeah, um, but kids are that, that to them. That's that's as good as an amazing joke written by Steve Martin. You know that they, they, they don't uh, they don't yeah. edit. They don't they don't care. They just and so if you can just go to that simple innocent place where things don't really have to connect. That's kind of how you think like a kid. Actually, I think that the things that make me laugh the hardest are silliness and wordplay and absurdity. There you go. And just so. I, maybe I think like a kid. Well, let me try it again. All right. Um, how about lasagna with googly cactus teeth? <laughs> yes. It does make me laugh. You look at you. This is I the know. first I've seen you light up the whole interview. Lasagna with googly cactus teeth. You You saying that I've been dim and dark the whole interview? No, I'm just saying you really, most of your laughter hasn't been as big as it is now. Right. And there's a twinkle in your eye. Mm-hmm. The lemon people are coming with their ostrich hair. <laughs> Look, it's, it's, See? I can't, st- I, it's involuntary. That's what I mean. I and know. So now, if you were three years old right now, you'd I'd be dying. probably be having like an anaphylactic seizure, whatever yeah. you call them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, I think I might have told this on the podcast before the thing that got like the biggest laugh from me ever uh, as a young kid was 
I was out at like brunch with my parents and um, my little sister was in a high chair and there was an, a, an, a poached egg or something in a dish and it slipped off the tray and fell on the floor and kind of like blobbed for a second and my mom went bye-bye egg and I couldn't talk for days. I thought it was so funny. And for years afterwards, if anyone said it, I would crack up. Yeah, I, I'm laughing because I can relate. My sister, when we were kids, we'd go to my grandparents' house for Christmas dinner. Mm-hmm. Huge table, all the kids. And this is when we were little kids. And <laughs> so someone asked my sister Megan to pass the butter. And for some reason, she just said, I can't touch a flea of butter. <laughs> and I was like... What does that mean? I, to this day, we still laugh about it. I, I can't touch a flea of butter. Like, but it was just the way she said it. And even though there, there's no correlation, it has no meaning, right. somehow you can picture what a butter flea looks like. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's the beauty of children. Like they, And that's the stuff when I write for kids or I illustrate for kids, I go back into that mindset and it's – it's a really fun place to be because mm-hmm. it it takes you away from, you know, all the trials and tribulations of the adult world. And yeah. so when I sit down to illustrate a kid's book, which the illustrations are very detailed and take a lot of time and focus and concentration, but the whole moment I'm immersed in them, it's I'm I'm in that butterfly world <laughs> and I'm in that Egg. What was your sister's? Uh, bye bye egg. Bye bye egg. Yeah. Like to me, that's a, a new character. <laughs> like I would, I would draw bye bye egg in a kid's book. Like to me, it's a name. Do you think you'll have kids? You know, I always wanted kids. I just haven't. You know, I always feel like a lot of things are fate and destiny. I don't leave things up to fate and destiny, but uh, I always thought I would have had kids by now, mm-hmm. and I never have. I always wanted them. But I just things just haven't fought, tumbled into place for me in that department. So mm-hmm. the question is, will I? I don't know. If I, if some came along right now in my life, I'd I'd be very happy. I'd I'd love to have kids, but I think you got to have a, a woman in your life first. And you it gotta, helps, yeah. It helps, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or nowadays, not necessarily. You That's can, true. You can make an arrangement with someone and just you know, do you mind having a kid for me, Miss? Sure. Thanks. Would you do it? I don't know. I don't know. As long as I had access to the kid. Right. Like I don't know if it would be the best scenario in the world. But the other scenario is to never have a kid. And and I feel like I have a lot to offer a kid if I had kids. And I would make sure that if I had a kid regardless of the circumstance, I'd want to be in that kid's life in a big way. Mm Well, have you been have you been married before? Yeah. How'd that go? Well, I ain't married now, so right. it didn't go that well. It was like a noodle stuck in my throat. You know? <laughs> Except it didn't go away as easily. <laughs> how, uh, <laughs> right. But I mean on the spectrum of, of how'd that go, there's somewhere it's like <clears throat> truly devastating. And then for some people it was like, oh, yeah, it didn't work out, but it was fine. That's a bit of both. I mean, it, you know, part of me was like, ah, sh- it didn't work out because of the obvious reasons I see now. But, Which were? Oh, a lot of lot of issues. You know, things I, I out of respect for her and, and me, I wouldn't divulge, but very personal things. Mm-hmm. But, but, you know, because of those things, you're like, 
you know, wow, this we couldn't change that course. But then the other side is I don't know anybody who ever gets married and says, gee, I hope I get divorced one day. Mm-hmm. You don't get married to get divorced. So that's a crushing disappointment. And some people never work through it. Some people it takes a few years. Some people get through that door quickly. Um, but it's 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 a disappointment, I think, to anybody. Even right. even if even if the other person is vile and and you don't you can't stand them. At one point, you signed up to spend your life with them. So no matter how you separate, it's got to be a disappointment. Right there, for yeah, that no, moment. No matter what, it's like, God damn it, I was wrong. I have to yeah, change yeah. change my. Uh, plan for how the, what the future was going to look like. Yeah, exactly. How uh, So how long have you been back on the market? I've been on the market, I think, about 10 years now. How And how's that going? It's good. I mean, I've had a few girl, a couple of serious girlfriends. Uh, didn't, didn't lead back down the, the wedding, what's it called? The wedding aisle? Is that what it's called? Sure. Yeah, let's call it that. The wedding aisle. The wedding aisle. I mean, I was going to say Primrose Path, but that's not right either. What about? Why don't we just call it Melrose Place and split the difference? Okay. Yeah. Perfect. It didn't but, lead to Melrose Place. No. No. Mm. Are you dating anyone now? No, I'm not. If only I had Miss Melba's number. Oh, so you don't have it? No. Shoot. I don't. You know Melba is a, there's a brand called Melba yeah, Toast. Yeah, for babies. Oh, it's only for babies. Or maybe not. I think of it as for for babies. Why have but I been eating it? I could be wrong. Do you now? Do you tend to speaking of babies? Do you tend to date younger? Uh, no, I don't. I don't have a, a, a playbook where I go. Oh, I I only like girls under this age. Or I'm about chemistry. You know, if if mm-hmm. someone if a woman was forty, or a woman was like twenty five, and and the chemistry was there, and it was engaging, and it uh, felt felt right, I'd I'd explore it. You know, I don't know why I I don't know. Now I feel bad, like I'm paging you with the wrong brush, and I'm trying to figure out where I have this idea of you as this swinging single bachelor dude. And I think uh, maybe it's just stuff Adam has said, like with you on the show, not yeah. behind your back or anything, but yeah. just like, look at you living the life. Well, the the truth is, I am a bachelor, mm-hmm. and you know, I don't have a steady girlfriend, but I I'm not sure what you you were thinking, right? But, uh. Have you had crazy raging parties? <laughs> I think the sense I get is that he's been to some parties at your place and it's made him think, oh, man, I'm so tied down with my responsibilities. Oh, really? Well, he might have felt that because I have a wicked house. Yes, that's a, probably part of it. I have a wicked house. What is, what, in what wicked how? Well, it's it's a great house and it's got a pool and a hot tub and it's mm, it's it's This is what he's talking about. It's it's a really cool layout and it's uh you know, it's up on it's on the it's on the top of the universe. I have an unobstructed view from the Hollywood sign to the ocean and Oh wow. It's it's pretty anyone who comes to my house says when can I buy this house? It's a great house. Mm-hmm. So he might think because I live in that house that I have like wild playboy parties or something but I don't. I'm actually a pretty solitary guy. I like my I like my alone time. Yeah. With my marionettes. Are you an introvert or an extrovert or neither? Uh I think I'm both. Like I, I, I like I like my alone time, but also I really you know I'm a stand up, so I love to be out in front of people and making them laugh and 
giving myself to people and and offering them hopefully some joy mm-hmm. but when i'm not doing that i also like alone time to be creative and and you know um explore my own imagination and my artistry and things like that you know uh how did you get into comedy or performing i didn't it it came into me i i it sounds kooky and flaky and hippie but it just it was a it was in me you mm-hmm. know i i never i never kind of chose the path i feel like it just kind of pulled me even from a young age it was like this is where you're going kid and it made my life very calm like i've never had the panic or the you know the uh the sense of uh what's going to happen with me and where am i going like it's always felt like i'm just being pulled along to these Fun, right. fun things that I'm hopefully good at, you know. What's do you? What's your first memory of having a sense that that's what you wanted to do? Um, just from as being a kid, like kind of being able to command a room and pull the pull the focus and be funny and 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 kind of you know have this feeling inside that I had like humor coming out of me mm-hmm. and and it was a it wasn't just being missed by people it was affecting the people around me is your family funny not overly so I, sometimes i think maybe like five kids and there was some kind of weird accident where, where all the humor went into me <laughs> and they got robbed a little bit like they're yeah. they're humorous but i you know they're they're not ever gonna crack you up right which sounds mean, but it's just true. I mean, like Butterflea was the highlight. Well, yeah, and that was like kind of an innocent kid right. thing. But you're never gonna, they're never gonna, you're never gonna bust a gut around my family. Did they get anything that you didn't get? Like you got all the humor, but did they get? They probably got. They probably got the gift of contentment. Mm. Like my mind. It's it's nice that I can create and think, but it never stops. So it's like my brain is always moving to the next idea. Mm-hmm. And it's a bit of a curse as well as a blessing. Is it like you get tired of what you're doing at the time or just the – or do you have um, anxiety or – No, like- I just get excited. I get I, – I, go there's an idea there's a concept i'll work on it i'll create it and then i go what's the next one what's mm-hmm. the next one i go i want to it's like i just it's almost like food tasting it's like what's the next flavor what's the okay i tried that i tried that right. so it's, it's pretty fun but it's sometimes hard to sleep at night <laughs> do you sleep yeah i sleep when i get to sleep but mm-hmm. sometimes you know it's tough to shut everything off right but it's still fun i don't i don't begrudge it i don't complain about it it's just what i have to deal with but i'm just like if they have the gift of contentment which would mean being able to be happy in the moment yeah right you you don't have that no i'm happy all the time i mean everyone goes through moments when they're not happy but for the most part i'm always happy Mm -hmm. because i'm doing what i want in life and that's 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 to me that's half the battle yeah what's the other half Probably my dad. No, I'm just kidding. It's, 
it's I always I always came up with this motto when I was a kid. It was like live life, don't let life live you. Yeah. And I've always tried to just live life and and do things and explore and adventure and and you know that kind of stuff. Does anything scare you? Yeah. What? The the, the end. And not the end because I'm afraid of death. Like, I'm not afraid of death. Mm -hmm. I'm not afraid of death. I'm afraid of not seeing where everything goes. There's too much happening right now, you know? Like, we're becoming a robotic society. We're becoming a society that our human flesh in, you know, in the next 10, 20, 30 years is going to be integrated with technology. We're going to have, you know, chips implanted under our skin and, contact lenses that we can watch the internet on and you know and and all this amazing stuff that's you know you can feel technology ramping up and speeding up Mm -hmm. i mean you know there's just a thing on 60 minutes last night where there's 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 you know warehouses being run by robots and robots are roaming around hospitals and office buildings and i just want to see where it all goes so that's what scares me is to not see it all to see where 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 we end up because my motto is that anything you've seen in a science fiction movie will probably be real one day. And you can you can go, come on, dude. <laughs> but do I think one day they'll be able to, you know, move our molecules around and transport us to another geographical location? Uh-huh. Yeah. Do I think there'll be, uh, you know, transporter beams? Do I think there'll be, um, you know, people that are half robot, half human? I mean – I think all that stuff. What about time travel? Yeah. I I I think any of it's doable. I mean, you know, if you asked if you asked a caveman, do you think anyone would ever land on the moon or that you could call your sister from Canada and call her in Australia at any time of day? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it it we take for granted how far we've come and when you yeah. think the human race about 120 years ago we were in covered wagons and in 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 the span of two people's lifetimes and we're we're just you know and since since like the iPhone it's like it feels like now everyone's trying to ramp up and create a version how do we iPhone a house how do mm-hmm. we iPhone a car how do we iPhone our business that's like Everything's just – it's amazing. I remember being at Disneyland when I was a kid and there was a place you could go. I think it was in Tomorrowland and there was um, like a little booth you could go into and it had a keypad on the wall and you'd dial it and then you just talked. And it was so amazing because you could talk on the fo- – you'd dial a phone number. Yeah. And you could just talk into the room and then you'd hear the voice of the person you're talking to and you didn't have to hold the phone. And like it was just a speakerphone. Yeah. But that was amazing that they had that, you know. Guess what I'm saying is I was kind of dumb as a kid. So, see, I wish I could have this if if it sounds like you have this sense of awe and wonder. Yeah, I do. Is it constant? Because I want some of that. Yeah, it is. And don't you ever wake up just in a bad mood? Uh, There's days, but then I'll focus on something that is amazing. Mm -hmm. Like. As silly as it sounds, a, a, a ladybug or a, or a dragonfly or or even on my way over here, I was focusing on the ridge of the mountains, mm-hmm. you know, behind the studio and looking at the at the shape of the of the rocks and the trees. I mean, I just 
I think with all the technology, you got to be careful not to rule out the textures of the universe, all the other little things. So, yeah, there's always that sense, you know. Have you been to therapy? And that's something that I ask of um, every guest. It's it's not like I'm getting a, a vibe from you or anything. I went to therapy at the request of my mother after my divorce. Mm-hmm. She She said, look, you sound great. You sound fine. She said, for me... Will you go and see a person 10 times just to talk? And I said, Mom, for you I will. My mother was a marriage counselor and a social worker. And and I honestly did it to make her feel better. And I went and it was enjoyable. I talked to a guy about what happened. But I don't think it changed anything had I not done it. Mm -hmm. Um, But – yeah, that's that's the only time. And it wasn't really even therapy. It was just like, you just saw Harland? How's it going? What, how's, and we'd talk about, you know, the the divorce. Right. And so it, whether it was therapy or not, I don't know. I just felt like I was talking to a guy 10 times for an hour and, and it was gone. You guys didn't go to couples counseling? Uh, we. I went to a few couples things at the request of my ex- uh, but I don't think that was therapy. That was like that was like marriage counseling, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> you know these were people she found. And the first the first one we went to was divorced, a divorced therapist. Oh, yeah. That's not a big. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> so we're going to a marriage counselor who's divorced right away. I was like, okay, and then we went to another one who was trying to convince me to help her set up times that were okay to do drugs. And I was just like, oh, what? okay. She was trying to get you to come. The, ther- the marriage counselor was trying to help me figure out a schedule. You know, she's like, you know, drugs are bad, but oh. let's figure out some times when it would be okay for your wife to do them. Oh, wow. And I'm like, don't you realize, like, drugs are part of the reason things are falling apart? Right. So it was, uh, you know. What was her thinking that you could like, like tame know. it or something? I don't know. But the first sign of a bad therapist is to enable someone to, yeah. with their addictions. Right. And I'm just sitting there. Are we really paying you? For, like I didn't find these people. She did. But, you know, Hollywood's got so many funny, flaky people in it that I, I, I just don't know if I'd be scared for someone who really did need therapy. Right. Because I don't know what they'd get. I think you'd need to go in with about – you ever see a Congo line? Mm-hmm. I think you'd need a therapist for that therapist for that therapist <laughs> for that therapist. And then you'd be on the end and go, okay, yeah. that's $12,000, but everything filtered through the Congo line and I got some good advice finally. Yeah. Scary. Or it would be like a game of telephone with your therapist and who knows what you'd find out at the end. Oh, God. I know. Did you, have you been to therapy? Yeah. No I'm way. Actually, yeah. I actually I'm – a, I'm a therapy – fan and i feel Good. like for people who are open to it and want it i feel like it's helpful for me it it makes me feel better and it's helped me with with the various stuff so you've got a good therapist yes good. i think i just started good. with someone new um why did you leave the old one because i moved to california from new york okay yeah. all right so it wasn't cuz they were a nutbag no okay good no. well if you found that's like i said if you can find someone good if you can sort through the nuts and berries right god See, bless you see my thing with therapy, my only therapist problem 
sometimes has been like all certain therapists are very much like goal practical advice and goal oriented and they want to be like okay you know what what is what is it that you're dealing with let's work up some let's come up with a schedule for your drug use like that not i'm not really but you know that would be more i think that's more of like the cognitive behavioral thing of like well you know how can like what are how can we fix this whatever it is that is bothering you um whereas i oftentimes just like to talk and like i'll be like i am feeling this thing and i don't know what it is and blah 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 and i and i want to trace it back to childhood or to wherever this feeling is coming from um so some therapists do want to like get to the root of whatever it is and some are just like okay yes let's just talk about what's going on now so it's like my thing is always wanting to find someone who's willing to do both who goes both ways wow you know what what is what is the catalyst for you needing therapy um honestly i think at this point it's not like when i first started going to therapy it was because i was in a relationship actually my dad asked me to go sort of like your mom um i was in a relationship that everyone around me knew was unhealthy and i wasn't happy but i i couldn't stop seeing him like i kept going back to him and so my dad suggested that i talk to someone um, and I remember feeling really awful about that. Like, oh, my God, you think I'm crazy, blah, blah, blah. This is when I was in college. It was years ago. Um, but I went and it was so cathartic for me and I just it, I felt so much better. Um, so that and when I started in New York, there were just, a, just mo- mostly just unhealthy relationships and needing help in that arena. Um, now I'm actually in a good relationship and I, I feel like a lot of the stuff that was – I was – dealing with I don't know if it's therapy that helped or if it was just growing up like a lot of it was just stuff in my 20s you know and I don't I don't have that sort of thing where oh god I really want to do this thing but I know it's not healthy for me but I want to do it and like I'm not I'm not at odds with myself in the way that I used to be um but now it's more just sort of just I just like being able to talk to someone and and bounce my ideas off them and have them help me with like I, a lot of times something's bothering me, but I don't feel comfortable telling the person or I don't want to – like just communication, relationships and communication in general are kind of my things. So do you ever get any resentment from your your partner? It's like why do you have to tell that person all this intimate stuff? Why can't you share it with me? I'm your significant other. No, because I, I do share stuff with him, you know. All of it with him as well. So – I mean not all of it, but um, no, he, he's he's – he, he's okay Down with, with it. it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Good. Wow. Would, would is that? Do you think you would feel resentment? Um. No. But but it would feel. It. I. No, I. I. I think it's interesting when, and it might not be su- suitable to reveal everything to your partner. But it's a little interesting when you are with someone and you are close to them, mm-hmm. and yet you won't tell them. Your deepest, darkest fears and phobias and ideas, but you'll pay a stranger to hear them. Right. So some people might be like, "Hmm," feel a little left out or wonder why. But but also, it's 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 there's many deep layers to that. Yeah. And I, I'm not trying to paint it with a brush, but well, it's yeah, it's not like it's the stuff that more I didn't feel comfortable. T- I was having trouble talking about was just 
normal relationship things where it's like this thing is upsetting me, but I don't know if I'm just being silly to be upset by something like this because this the way you said this, you're just like classic girl shit. And at the beginning, I didn't want to rock the boat. I didn't feel like I, I didn't want to vocalize the things that were bothering me, but I felt like I should be, but I don't know how. Whereas now, now that we live together and we've been together for a while, I pretty much just say whatever's on my mind, which I know is healthier, but I think that probably sucks for him, though, to have to hear everything that's on my mind. <laughs> have you ever thought... Gary's laughing hard, and I don't know why. <laughs> is, is that the guy you're dating? No. It's Gary, isn't That's it? That's Gary. Have you yeah. ever tried marionettes? Therapy marionettes? Yeah, instead of therapy. No. Or even a boyfriend. No, I well, marionettes instead of a boyfriend? Yeah. I never have. Something to think about. I'll think about it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we are a little short for time because I just talked about oh, myself for no. five minutes. Um, but I, I think. I like that. I'm glad you opened up to me. I feel like we've bonded more now, don't you? Yeah, and I, I think I've, I think I've figured out a roadmap how to get you, like get you away from your boyfriend and make you mine. Because you, you well, tell you, me. Well, I'm not going to, but you revealed a lot, and now I have the framework to right. come in, okay. edge him out, right? And soon you'll be sleeping beside me at night. Well, it sounds like you have a better house. Yeah, yeah, I do. So that's this will be good. I'm glad I How came on the show. How many bathrooms? Three. Three. Wow. How many rooms? Rooms. Bedrooms. Uh, two bedrooms. Do you have any pets? Mm, just you. Thanks. Yeah. You know that I could live for four to five days without food and thirty no thirty days without food and four to five without water. Oh, you will. Great. Did I tell you my middle name? Yeah, Ted Reeser Bundy. Okay. Just me or everyone. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? All right. Kat Kinar says, seeing vaginas in the wood grain of doors, everyone or just me? Do you ever see, when you look at wood and you see like wood grain, do you see vaginas in yeah. there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw a vagina in a tree the other day. Like very, it was very clear. It had a hymen and everything. Was there a woman climbing the tree in a summer dress, <laughs> no. or was it in the grain? It was, you know, when a tree has that, um, like a little, looks almost like a little uh, mouse door on the tree. Oh wow! Yeah, it wasn't. It didn't. It didn't really have a hymen. I'm just. I made love silly. to a coffee table at IKEA the other day. All right, so then I it's, saw something in yeah, the grain. It's <laughs> and they threw me out. Those bastards. Right. All right, so it's everyone. Yeah. Linda Godowick says, if I'm sick and need to call into work, I feel guilty about it. Then once I've called and my boss is cool, I start to feel better and thus guiltier. Uh, Therapy. Yep. I find, and this is back in the day when I you know, would, would have had to call in when I worked in a, an office and things, um, I would, you know, really kind of overdo the how sick I was and coughing on the phone. And then I got phone and I would feel worse. Like, I, I was so method. Yeah. That in, in like, it wasn't like I wasn't sick at all, but I was probably playing it up. Yeah, you in do trying that to sound tired sick, voice. Yeah, and yeah, trying to sound I sick on the phone. Care, uh, I can't come in today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then I, it would actually make me feel sicker. It's called Meryl Streep throat. <laughs> That's what it is. All right. Tabis. Accomplish a task that was not on my to-do list. 
add task to to-do list so I can cross it off. Yes, if I'm if I'm in like a to-do list f- fury, I will flurry, not fury, a furious flurry of to-doing, of doing things on my list. I will add something I've already done and then cross it off. Yeah. That sounds like cheating. Well, yeah, in a way well, and it is. And lying. It's like a cheating and lying all in one motion. Right. Maybe you should write on your to-do list Cheating not to lie and not to cheat. Do you make lists? Yeah. Of things to do? Yeah. Sure do. Look, what degree of list maker are you? Because some people have to get everything in their head out on a piece of paper. I'm not one of those. No, me neither. Right. Like my to-do list right now has it has three things on it. Two of them are reminders to email people and then one is a reminder to call someone. Oh, it's not. It's not a really Let's good see. list. I think I have my to-do list in my back pocket. Okay. Here. Let's see what I wrote down. There it is. Uh, shower head. I bought a new shower head. Nice faucet. I've I've seen a theme. Ex- I exhumed Farrah faucet. Good. <laughs> and oil cap. Somehow the oil cap in my truck is missing. You know, I feel like little- someone had. Maybe you left it when you put gas in your car. Or well, someone stole no. it? I th- it's like sabotage. I don't know what's going on, but I, ha- I went over to Pep Boys and ordered a new oil cap. So that's my to-do Good. list right here. Yeah, it's there it is. It's funny you asked me about that, that I had I it I know. Today. And you write in all caps. Yeah. It's kind of mm-hmm. a man thing to do. Yeah, I don't like I have no time for lowercase. Yeah. Lowercase is for losers, mm. capital L, losers. Right. And yeah. I, I need to add that I was saying maybe you – left it when you put gas in your car because I was thinking gas cap, but no, yeah. you mean oil cap. Oil cap. You'd have to lift the hood. Right. So that's why I feel like maybe it was sabotage. Right. Like you'd have to unscrew it. It's weird. Do you, does your mechanic hate you? No. Okay. He's, that is he weird. He really likes me. He bakes me stuff. Really? Yeah. Like I'll, I'll be driving home from the garage and my the inside of my truck will start to waft up and smell like a strudel or chocolate chip cookies. And mm. I'll open the hood and there they are cooking on the radiator. That's so nice. Yeah. You know what I found cooking on my radiator once? A rat? No, a bunch of snails. Oh, nice. Escargot. Delicious. Yeah, but gross. Isn't that gross? I think Well, if gross. you don't have the melted butter over on the uh, you transmission. You know what I lacked? That what? little ceramic thing with all the little divots in it to put them in. Right. Yeah. And yeah. crusty bread. I but, was fucked. No, if you turn your hubcap upside down, <laughs> perfect. You just put it where the lug nuts go. Yeah. Five little spots, five escargot. If only we'd been going out then. Because um, yeah. instead I was just kind of grossed out by snails in my car. Wow, interesting. Yeah. Dan the Dodge. Afraid to use the heartbeat setting on the sound machine. Don't want to get dependent on it. Have the power go out and die. Um, No, that's just you. The what machine? Like a sa- uh, I think he has a white noise machine. Or sound. Sa- Maybe not a white noise machine. Racist. Sorry, noise. I have an African-American machine. I don't. I just have a people machine. Hmm. Anyway, um, oh wait, Ryan Carlson, twelve. Very weird when a person is in your place fixing something. Just me or everyone? Yes, I find it weird when people are in my place fixing things. Yeah, like complete strangers. Yes. Yeah. There's, well, they always have a weird smell. Yeah. And it's like it could be whatever soap they use. It could be whatever they wash their uniform in. And you don't know their backstory. I, this is a true story. One of my best friends from high school. They had a a. Uh, uh, 
a guy working in their house. They had two two boys, the beautiful wife. This guy turned out to be a serial killer. Mm. And that's a true story. Wait, but – oh, he didn't hurt them though. He didn't hurt them. They actually liked the guy so much they actually ended up socializing with him a bit. And then they found out – And then was they he, found out Was afterwards. he killing at the time? I don't know. I don't – I didn't get the whole story but – that's awful. It turned out the guy was, yeah. But did he do good work? He made some wonderful granite countertops. Yeah. But it's right. just what he cut on those countertops <laughs> is that I'm worried about. Is it just me? I can't call another person's parent by their first name even if they do. It's Mr. or Mrs. Uh, I, I, I never know. I have trouble with that. I don't easily call them by their first name. Yeah, but I think either. I've decided that I'm of the age where I can. But it's still weird. Well, I'm so used to calling other people's parents. Like I called my mom, mom and dad. So mm-hmm. when I go to someone else's house, I just call them mom and dad. It's That's weird. good. It's weird. What did you call your in-laws? Dad. Both, Both of them. Because the mother had like – she had. you ever see the women with the hair lip? Yeah. They got the hairy – Gross. I, I always call parents Mr. and Mrs., mm-hmm. but I just moved into a new house, and I've noticed that I'm calling one of my roommate's parents Mr. and Mrs., but the other ones, I'm calling them by their first name, and I think it's because they're my landlord, and I feel like I have a business relationship yeah. with them. Yeah, you but do. But with everyone else's parents, it's always Mr. and Mrs., but yep. I just immediately, it was their first names. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's strange. Mm-hmm. It's weird, though, when adults introduce themselves to you as Mr. and Mrs., it's like, yeah. are you my elementary school teacher? Yeah. I guess it's been a while since that's happened. Yeah, my dad uh, introduces himself as a duke. Is he really one? No, but I guess, you know, Mr. isn't enough, so he right. goes, Sir Duke Williams. You probably Williams. get reservations faster if you're a duke. Yeah, and he wears a cape. It's just embarrassing. What else we got? Explains so much. Josh Bagosh, every time I step into the shower, I feel, fear I'll slip and fall to my death. Uh, no, I don't fear it, but I have slipped in the shower before. No way. Yeah, I but I'm here to tell the my, tale my of it. My father slipped in the shower the, the other day, but it was okay. I caught him. <laughs> okay. Tamara Lee 904, I never type LOL after a comment because it feels like I'm saying, hey, I'm funny. Am I overthinking this? Um, I don't like LOL just because I don't like to type it. I will actually, I either write ha-ha or... Or I'll write, I'm laughing out loud. Like, I'll write out the whole thing. I don't like LOL. It feels icky to me. It's like emoticons, which I also don't use, except sometimes I use them. Yeah. Just LOL sounds funny, too. Yeah. Like, it's it's a weird, when you say it, it sounds weird. Do you type LOL? Do you text? Never. I've never typed LOL. Seems like a like what girls do. Yeah, it's not a masculine thing to go. LOL. But I also feel like it's what people who are super tech uh, dependent do. Like Gary, do you type LOL? I feel like you might. Yeah, I have. See, uh-huh. That's mostly in text though. Like, I, yes. don't, I don't find it's appropriate for an email. That would right. explain the nail polish. There you go. God, it's Gary. a podcast. You didn't have to put that out there. Oh, okay. Well, I said girls do it. So. WW leader Amy, I'm deeply offended when defriended. Although I have enough friends, it takes weeks to figure out who. Um, yes, I don't police my Facebook in that way enough to know who's defriended me. But if I found out that someone had or like when I found out that someone stopped following me on Twitter, sometimes I think, oh, but it takes a while to figure it out. What about you? I couldn't care less. Really? It's like, do you really know anybody who follows you on Facebook or Twitter? 
Well, some of them I do, but most of them I don't. Yeah. I don't I don't know. I don't know who comes and goes. Right. On this information superhighway. Well, that probably makes you more content then. Yeah. We didn't even talk about your podcast, Harlan Highway. Oh, you know what we didn't talk about? What? That I really want to talk about? What? Is my new comedy special. Yes. When's that going to air? It's out. It just came out last Tuesday. Great. Like, give me, I got to tell you about it for 30 seconds. Because I'm really excited about it. It's called Harlan Williams, A Force of Nature. Mm-hmm. And it's the first stand-up special that's ever been done out in nature. I literally shot my special in the middle of the desert on a giant hill mm-hmm. with no audience. And it's never been done, and I'm really excited about it, and it's really different, and I get stand-up out of this musky old theater setting. Right. And uh, it's in the middle of the daylight, scorching sun. Check it out. It's was it on. weird doing it with no audience? It wasn't because I, you know, I've been doing stand up so long. I could hear them in my head, right? You know, I could, I could hear the people in my head, and um, it's, it's really, I'm really proud of it, and it's really different. And uh, you can get it at iTunes. Uh, Harlan Williams, a force of nature. You can download the whole show, mm-hmm. and uh, I think you'll like it. Or you can order it from like Amazon or Best Buy or whatever, but. And if you're going to buy it on Amazon, why not click through the banner on my website? Because yeah. it doesn't cost you anything extra, but it helps out the show a little bit. Yeah, do it. How long is it, this special? Uh, it's an hour. Yeah. I'm excited to see it. Yeah, thank you. It's, it's, really, it's really different. If you're, if, you're, if you're tired of the same old stand-up comedy special in a theater. With, Which I am. Yeah, cut to the comic, cut to the audience, cut to the comic. Yeah. This, this, is, this, this show that I did is literally... It looks like you're out in the middle of the Wild West. Where did, where exactly did you do it? I shot in the Mojave Desert. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's just nothing around. And we had a helicopter flying around <laughs> shooting it. And we had, like, cameras on cranes. And a wild dog walked up out of the desert and walked right through my special. We left it in. It's mm-hmm. hilarious. Like, it's just uh, – it's, it's really cool. And I, I'm hoping it kind of pushes the art form of stand-up kind of in a new direction and takes it takes it to new interesting places. Right. And what else do you have coming up or what else should people be on the lookout for? Um, I have a new sitcom that I just finished shooting. It uh, it airs, I think, in April. Mm-hmm. Starts up in Canada on City TV and then I think they're, I don't know what network it's airing on down here. It's called Package Deal. What's it about? Uh, it's about three brothers and they're all overly protective of each other. And it's kind of like anyone who comes into our world, girls or work acquaintances, you get one brother, you get all of them. Mm-hmm. And so it's pretty funny. And um, what else? Is my... And did you write that? No, I'm just, well, I'm, just I play the, the oldest brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then lastly, I'll mention my podcast. Please. Thanks for bringing it up, The Harland Highway. Uh, it's on... Uh, it's out there uh, at harlanwilliams.com or at iTunes or whatever, and it's uh, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Check yeah. it out. I, today you talked about homeless people, the stray homeless person. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's the rhinoceros, the white trash unicorn. Yeah, that's I right. Like that. That's that was right. good. And uh, how if you were a hawk, was it a hawk? You wouldn't spend time flying over the airport. Oh, right. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. yeah. Well, the reason I said that I was talking about that, and I won't get into it because it's on my podcast, but I was on Friday, I was taxing down the runway in Vancouver, and there was a coyote running beside the plane mm-hmm. on the runway. 
listen to the podcast and, you know, yeah. I don't want to repeat my podcast. This is your time. Right, this I know. This is your time. Well, gosh, we are so running out of time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess we don't we don't have to do hate, go fuck yourself because mine will hold. Do you need to tell anyone to fuck themselves? Uh, I don't remember his name, but one guy gave me a bad review on my my stand-up special. Okay. All well, the reviews have been great. Right. One guy just... It and and I'm not afraid of bad reviews, but this guy was just being vitriolic and oh. and spouting. And he goes, "There's yeah. nothing funny about this." And I, and I was like, you know, whoever that guy is, f you. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey go fuck yourself. Oh, that feels good. All right, then maybe I'll just read mine. Okay. Yeah. Not trying to get on Hey Go Fuck Yourself, <laughs> but he did. Yeah. But just saying, hearing Maria, that's Maria Menunos, and Allison try to relate about their career paths was a little awkward. Maria has succeeded. He wrote in this kind of font, I imagine. Sarcastica. Yeah. Maria has succeeded because she's hardworking, but mostly because she's extremely attractive. Allison's above average, but it's a harder climb when you're in the meaty part of the curve. A few things about that. I think it's amazing that he managed to insult both of us. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, I spent time wondering, meaty part of the curve. Is he calling me fat? But I think that meaty part of the curve is actually from Seinfeld, and it just means like the sort of the thick part of the curve, meaning I'm – so I, I don't think he's calling me meaty. I think he's just saying that in terms of looks, I'm just, you know, in the middle – not that attractive. Huh. It's weird that I would feel relieved that he's not calling me fat. He's just calling me not attractive. Or wow. maybe he is calling me fat. I don't know. I don't know. I've never heard that term. Meaty so I part can't, of the curve? Yeah, I can't weigh in. I don't know what that means. Yeah. I didn't know. Huh. But, but, I, I'll, but then I'll someone, give him someone told me it was a Seinfeld reference. But, oh. you know, he very well could be calling me meaty. Regardless, like I said, it's, it's, it's an adept, shitty comment because it manages to – insult her by saying that she's only where she is because of how she looks and then insults me because, you know, aforementioned reasons. So to mm. him, I say, Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. Yeah. Wow. Well, Harlan, thank you so much for doing my podcast. Oh, are you kidding? It's delightful. It's I feel like honor. I have marionettes on the brain now and I'm afraid of noodles. Yeah, I don't blame you on both counts. I know. Well, so if people want to follow you on Twitter, it's Harlan. Williams, at Harlan right? Williams, yeah. Okay, and you can follow me at Allison Rosen. You can follow Gary at G. Patrick Smith. You can follow the show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-N-B-F. Um, and uh, gosh, is there anything else we need to tell them? That's it, man. That's okay. it. Let's, well, go, if you want to see me do stand-up live, go to harlanwilliams.com and click on my stand-up icon and find out if I'm coming to your town or city. Yeah. And you'll have time to get away. Do that, you guys. But the, I, my final thing would be to say thank you. It was an honor. It was uh, it was an honor for me and for the listeners. It's a whole lot of honor going on I here. know. Honor? I barely know her. <laughs> oh. Uh, all right. Bye, you guys. I will talk to you later. I love you. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show?